1: Good evening, good morning, welcome aboard Sports Overnight America. cross country and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, iHeartRadio as well, Marty Terrell, along with Dominic Jimenez as we talk the world of sports. Right up until the top of the next hour and away we go, Dr. Timothy Fong will join us. We're going to talk about sports gambling. He's been at UCLA, uh, well, since like 2005 when the uh, University of California, Los Angeles, unveiled their uh, gambling program, anti-gambling program, and their research. And now we've got, what, uh, 18 years of research. So uh, he is a noted authority on uh, gambling, problem gambling, and also the phenomenon of legalized sports gambling. So Dr. Timothy Fong, live from Los Angeles, as we kind of get into uh, the U.S. Open field out at the Los Angeles Country Club right near UCLA. So uh, nice tie-in there as well. Uh, yeah, do a little bit on the baseball, the hockey last night. You know, we got to put an exclamation point on that season. Look in what, six, seven years, uh, the Las Vegas, uh, golden Knights look year one, they went to the finals before losing to Washington and, uh, in short order, uh, they are Stanley cup champions and, uh, it's been a remarkable six year run, uh, spearheaded by th- this time around with coach Cassidy, who the Bruins didn't think enough of. Uh, who got the last laugh there. And then George McPhee, who was the architect of some great Washington capital teams, uh, but he has brought his masterstroke to Las Vegas and the uh, the Golden Knights. So there you go. But, uh, you know, listen, U.S. Open and some baseball notes in the Bay Area, too. How about the Oakland A's? Break them up. They go for uh, eight in a row tonight, uh, and they had a decent crowd. I mean, still some 18 to 20,000 empty seats, but the A's have won seven in a row. And uh, they got a tall order to make it nine in a row or eight in a row. And if they do, it'll be their 20th win of the season in game 70 on the season. And the San Francisco Giants earlier today completed a sweep uh, of the St. Louis Cardinals. So the Bay Area baseball folks uh, getting a little bit of a run for their money. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins may be on a collision course signing with the Patriots. We'll keep an eye on that situation. And obviously, Shaquan Barkley and Jonathan Taylor, two running backs, keep an eye on them as the running backs, they feel like, are not treated accordingly when it comes to the dollars. Jay Monahan, the PDGA Commissioner, steps aside a medical situation. We'll keep an eye on that as well. U.S. Open Week kicks uh, off tomorrow in earnest at the Los Angeles Country Club. We get it started on Sports Byline Broadcast. Keep it
2: right here. This is Ron Barr. Father's Day is coming up soon, and if you're still trying to figure out what to give dad, I've got the perfect gift. Not an electronic gadget or a shirt or a tie or even a book. Give him what most men like, steak. And I can personally recommend Omaha Steaks, dad's favorite grill pack. I guarantee you he'll say, wow, this is great. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com, type in the search bar sports, and your dad's favorite grill pack includes bacon-wrapped fillets, boneless pork chops, gourmet jumbo franks, and boneless chicken breasts. And for a sweet finish, you'll get delicious caramel apple tarts. You'll also get eight free burgers with your purchase of ninety-nine ninety-nine. Nothing beats a Father's Day where you and your dad are grilling steaks and meats and spending some bonding time. Omaha Steaks isn't just steak, it's the best steak of your life. Surprise your dad with something both of you can enjoy and never forget. That's OmahaSteaks.com, keyword sports. It's the ultimate Father's Day gift.
3: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt,
0: That's 800-943-2153.
3: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter,
0: that's 800-278-1738. Well,
1: if you're listening in the overnight, we're counting down to tee-off uh, Father's Day weekend in the United States Open out at the Los Angeles Country Club. We'll spend uh, a good deal of time on that. It's, it's, uh, look, it's the third major of the year. Listen, they come quickly. Uh, with the PGA in reverse order, it used to be the last uh, turner of the year, but listen, the PGA Tour wants to steer clear of college football and professional football. So the PGA has uh, moved to where the U.S. Open it used to be second on the menu. So it'll be uh, the third event of the year. And obviously, John Rahm, four shots ahead of Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson at the Masters back in April. And then Kepka comes right back at Oak Hill and wins. Uh, the PGA Championship, and he's among the favorites um, as we get ready for the U.S. Open. I think he's going to be a factor. Uh, This is going to be a quirky course. We've seen uh, Andy North from ESPN and a lot of the guys in the Golf uh, Channel really analyze this course saying, it's going to be one of the best TV U.S. Opens you will ever see. An 81-yard par 3. It can be as low as 81. It probably measured 105, 110 but who knows what the USGA is going to do. And I think we're going to see at least one of the four rounds. We will likely see a 81-yard tee shot off a par three. And it could end up with double bogeys. Because if you, hit, if you miss the little posted stamp green, then you're going to have trouble. So 81 yards could end up taking you five, six shots. So we'll see. Uh, that That is a menu item, not number one, but it's right up there. And then, listen, there's going to be fairways that are ordinarily narrow, which are not narrow, and they're going to be sprawling by USGA standards. But, again, it's going to be deceptive because a lot of times the players are going to be tempted to whip out the driver, and they're going to regret it because if you stray off the fairways – in any U.S. Open, this one in particular, it's a house of horse. You're going to have rough that's going to be up to your the calves, if not your kneecaps, and you're going to see guys trying to sickle their way out of trouble. So very entertaining. And then you just got the competition. I mean, look at the – I mean, the players right now, when you think of professional golf worldwide, you have to think Scotty Scheffler. Uh, McIlroy coming off uh, a really nice performance in Canada and he's played well uh, pretty much in the majors this year. McElroy always figures. Um, we mentioned Scheffler. You know, Adam Scott has kind of reemerged. Colin Morikawa has some history with this course, uh, having been part of that 2017 Walker Cup team that played on this. Uh, Patrick Cantlay went to UCLA. He's played this course a lot. Scotty Scheffler, even though he's a Dallas kid, he too was on that Walker Cup team in 2017. And then you throw the live situation with the PGA, you know, the is it a merger, is it not a merger, and I'm going to opine on this because there's more news on PGA Commissioner Jay uh, Monahan and conspiracy theories now abound. You're going to see a, a great foreign contingent as well, and you're going to see some of the live guys uh, who are stateside. DeChambeau, uh obviously, you got some guys that are – former PGA Tour guys that factor prominently Uh, if their game is. uh, Patrick Reed's another one. Uh, He's got a major under his belt at Augusta in 2018. So there's all sorts of scenarios, but I think we're going to see, you know, who knows, maybe even a Patrick Harrington, who won the senior open a year ago. He'll come back to defend in Wisconsin end of this month into early July. Mickelson, you just don't know. Yeah, I mean, you just don't. And then you've got some great pairings, too. You've got Scheffler and I think Morikawa are in the same group tomorrow. Uh, and we'll go through some of the pairings in our last segment today. Uh, Dr. Fong coming up, too. He's right outside the gates at the uh, U.S. Open at UCLA. So he's going to join us. We're going to talk uh, some gambling. And obviously, golf is now more than ever with legalized sports gambling. Very, very popular. It has been for years over in Ireland and in the U.K. and Scotland um, and so it's nothing new to our brethren from the UK, but here in the United States, it's now legal and uh, the legalized sports books uh, love the majors. And this is the third one. And uh, the British Open this year will be at Hoy Lake, the Open Championship coming up in July. So it's uh, we are now in high, high speed. We're in fifth gear overdrive because, listen, hockey ended last night basketball ended the night before south florida took it in the schnoz which we predicted which wasn't hard to do what do you turn your attention to right now do you know what it is believe it or not some golf uh baseball will capture our attention but more so in october when the playoffs and world series roll around but football i mean here we go college and pro footballs so uh the, the sports landscape has certainly changed and some would say for the worst, I don't think so. I really don't. So I love it. All right. So, you know, where do we go? I, I did do the quick thing on the hockey. Look, I, the hockey game, I was with it for 20 minutes last night. I mean, it was it was out of hand. It was 2-zip, I think 2-1, and then 3-1, 4-1, 6-1, and it's just it was time to turn it off. I went over once the Red Sox blow another game to the Colorado Rockies. So, you know, we, we don't have to do much on the hockey. Basketball, same deal the night before. So we saw two five-game series. What's remarkable is, you know, Denver, who really, from start to finish this year, was the best team in the league. They were. Their record didn't indicate that during the regular season. There were teams with better records, Celtics most notably. But at the end of the day, and the end of the season, Denver was the best. And then the hockey was, you know, just a dominant performance by Las Vegas. All right, so back to the, the PGA and the live thing. And that's the news overnight that Jay Monaghan has stepped aside due to a, a medical incident of sorts. And the conspiracy theories are abound. This is his way of resigning. This is his way of, of bowing out. Um, you know, this this was all, all, all part of uh, an orchestrated plan being carried out. I'm not buying it. I'm not. You know what I think? And I'll give an opinion. It's tough to speculate, and it's almost untoward and— uh, an unsavory thing to do to speculate on someone's medical condition i think this is a simple case of the man's been under enormous uh scrutiny and the resulting stress that comes along with the scrutiny since the live tour was announced the backlash the charges of hypocrisy um he has said it's not a merger. It's more of a sponsorship deal with Saudi Arabia. He has had the interview that he did a year ago with Jim Nance, at the Canadian Open, thrown in his face, saying, well, you said that then and what has changed. And, and Monaghan's response is the only thing that's changed is the landscape and, 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 and what has been presented to him. I think he's an honorable guy. I do. I also think he is in an untenable situation where he could not compete and knew it, that all the PGA Tour was going to do was flush hundreds of millions of dollars down the drain, and the only people that were going to win were the attorneys on the Saudi Arabian live side and certainly the PGA Tour and uh, the golf officials and the the legal defense or whatever, the... the, 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 the uh, legal teams put together by the PGA tour. And it's the only people that are going to make money in this situation. And I think it's put a ton of pressure on Jay Monahan. I think he felt like he was out on an Island all by himself, out on a branch all by himself. He could hear the branch cracking. And I do, I think the guy ultimately just had, had, had an enormous amount of stress. All the other speculation is just unfair. I'm not going to go there. I don't think it's professional to do that. I think the man needs his time away, and ultimately when the tour and he's ready to divulge it, then it's up to him. But the conspiracy theories on social media are crazy. I'm not buying it. I don't think this was any part of an orchestrated way for him to bow out gracefully. Under the new structure, if it ever comes to pass, and I'll forge an opinion on that, he's gonna be the CEO and he'll be compensated with ungodly amounts of money. But towards that end, I said it from day one, and I feel more strongly now than ever before that this deal between the Live Tour and the PGA will never come to pass. Not in the current form that they're throwing out there under two scenarios, a merger and even a sponsorship model. Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut is going to spearhead an effort for Congress to take a look at this under antitrust and all sorts of tax laws and uh, monopolies and so on and so forth, which professional sports enjoy. I think they're throwing the gauntlet down. I don't think this deal will ever come to pass. We come back and we're going to talk legalized sports gambling, the history of gambling in this country. What's going on with it, where it's been, an 18-year study conducted by Dr. Timothy Fong at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. He'll join us coming up here on Sports Byline at Sports Overnight America. Keep it right here.
0: Pricing information. 800-915-9654. 800-915-9654. 800-915-9654. That's 800-915-9654. President Biden recently released a massive $6 trillion budget, the largest budget in U.S. history. And guess who pays the bill? That's right, you, the American taxpayer.
1: All right, we're heard live around the world on the American Forces Radio Network, cross-country and around the world, also on iHeartRadio and Stitcher and the podcast. Tune in, Spotify, all the places you get your favorite podcasts. We got them is Dr. Uh, Timothy Fong, UCLA. I think it's uh, 2005, so it'd be 18 years in running, Dr. Fong, where you have put together comprehensive research on gambling and with the proliferation of legalized sports gambling, I think. I heard 21 states. I thought it was even more than that. How are you, Dr. Fong? First of all, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. How are you?
4: I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me on this wonderful day.
1: Yeah, it really is. you got a big event right next door at the U.S. Open. I'll even give you a minute on that a little bit later on. But, Dr. Fong, where are we right now? I I believe, uh, again, you're a Northwestern guy, but uh, leaving Chicago, you came to UCLA. And I think your study there... Uh, in the psychiatry department there. Started in 2005, would that be right? About 18 years of study with gambling, is that right?
4: That's absolutely right. It's actually my 25th anniversary today of coming to UCLA as a psychiatrist. And uh, we started our UCLA Gambling Studies program in 2005. Uh, really at the time, because of the expansion of poker and online gambling, and never in our wildest dreams back then would we have predicted sports betting become as major and embedded in american society as it's become so absolutely really interesting things to study
1: right out of the shoot dr fong i'm going to play devil's advocate people across the pond in uk and ireland and scotland and they're saying what, what what's the big deal we've been doing this for years over here what are you guys all worked up about you could make a punt a wager getting off the tube in london you can bet on the weight of the newborn baby that the uh, you know the princess might have or you can, uh, you can bet on anything in the U.K. and across the pond, and even in Australia, they're saying, what's the big, big groundswell in America? How do you answer that question?
4: Well, lots of ways. First of all, you know, gambling and betting on sports has been around since American culture has ever started. So it's not like we haven't had it. What's been different, though, is we've now had it regulated by the government. And secondly, the expansion of technology, giving us types of gambling and types of wagering that has never before been seen before. And these other countries, you know, Europe and Australia and New Zealand, it's not like they're all embracing gambling either. There's been a lot of concern. There's been a lot of pushback. In the U.K., they had tremendous pushback on gambling, advertising on uh, football jerseys and the ads for uh, young people. So it's really a global concern and issue, really, all about this idea of, it's not that we don't want gambling. We want gambling in responsible ways. We want, but we want to minimize the damage. We want to minimize the harm that can come with gambling, just like harm can come from alcohol, tobacco, and cannabis and other substances.
1: Yeah, and Dr. Uh, Timothy Fong is with us. One of the noted, if not the most noted, authorities on this. A phenomenon, and that is the proliferation of legalized sports gambling. And we are a sports show, so I, I, I want to focus on that. Is this just a loaded gun? I mean, is this? Are we just providing bullets? And I, and I know, because I, as you well know, I'm part of the Gamblers Anonymous program, uh, having struggled with it, but uh, have some close to uh, well five years sobriety. Here's where I want to go, though, Doc. It's a choice, but there are yeah. people such as yourself that say, yeah, it's a choice, but. And what is the but? Because You know, you can drink in this country. You can drive by a bar. Some people can drive by the bar and stop and have a drink, and other people, once they stop, they can't. I mean, once they start, they can't stop. So um, we all know about choices, but what is what's the what's the difference between someone that can control it and can't control it? And are we predisposing them to problems? Go ahead.
4: Absolutely. So I'll just start with the the top. You know, gambling behavior. We're really talking about regulated forms of gambling. There are public health issues, just like air quality, water quality, tobacco, food safety, cannabis, right? They're all designed about putting on a product that should really protect the public interest. The problem with gambling is that for a small percentage of people who are biologically, psychologically, socially at risk, they could develop a gambling addiction or a gambling disorder. And if you develop that condition, it's really painful, physically, emotionally, financially. So as we expand the types of gambling, and even more when we expand the technology with the type of gambling to make gambling accessible 25-8, not 24-7, but 25-8 in terms of it's always there, that's where the potential God. risk comes if we have too much gambling too fast uh, without the right protections in place for the people who are the most vulnerable. A mentor of mine once said, all of us can gamble compulsively. But only a few of us can become compulsive gamblers. Compulsive gambling is an old term we use for gambling addiction and gambling disorders. So it really is, when you think about it, a public health issue. That's why we have right. to focus on prevention and screening, early intervention, and what I call common based regulations, common based, science based policies around gambling. We just can't throw out everything out there because, unfortunately, if we do, this is where the concern is, could we end up like the opioids? Could we end up with an opioid crisis like for gambling? And that's what we're all trying to work against.
1: And that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Is this reaching epidemic and, quite frankly, pandemic proportions? What do your, what do your numbers, what does your data say, Dr.
4: Fong? Well, we're, we're, we're calling it, it's number one, endemic, meaning it's so common. It's part of our daily routine, like brushing your teeth, right? So it's an I... endemic activity, the gambling, the line, the discussion. And, that, and that's fine. What we don't want is the prevalence of gambling addiction to go up. And right now we know that number to be about 1% of essentially every state in America. But some states, like for instance Oklahoma just released a study showing that up to 6% of Oklahomans were at risk or already experiencing signs of gambling addiction. So that's really the key is for us to monitor it, to keep it right as low as possible. How do you keep an addiction? How do you keep any medical problem low? Greening, early intervention, early discussion, open treatment. The biggest error we see is that by the time people come into treatment for gambling addiction, it's really severe. We're talking about years of damage, years of loss, years of conflict and strife. We absolutely want to avoid that. Uh, NCAA just put out an amazing survey just looking at just the habits of college students, not student athletes, college students, and they found things like 60% of college students were betting on sports within the last year. The acceptance of betting on sports was accepted as a part of college, not just, oh, a sin or a vice. It was expected to be part of the college, and even more so that women college students were also gambling at even higher rates than expected. So we're seeing more and more engagement more and more acceptance that it's quote okay and expected for you to gamble and of course that's why we're concerned about keeping the gambling addiction rates to a minimum. Dr. Fong
1: here in Iowa I'm uh, here at our studios in Iowa listen uh, the University of Iowa has identified 120 some odd student-athletes who have gambled and therefore in violation of NCAA rules Iowa State was also implicated a month ago. Doc, this is this to me is if I, if they're doing it at Iowa, they're doing it everywhere. I'm not going to name universities and just throw them out there in a cavalier fashion, but you know as well as I do. Uh, if it's happening at Iowa, it's happening everywhere. Does the NCAA therefore have to monitor this closely? Look at the number of dollars that they're accepting from FanDuel, MGM, DraftKings. I mean, talk about hypocrisy. They're going to penalize the kids for gambling, and the kids are clobbered with it. They can't walk into a stadium. They can't turn on a game. They can't open a magazine or a podcast without seeing a gambling ad.
4: What do we do with well, that? We're, we're telling them. We're, we're, yeah, go ahead. And, and Absolutely. And that NCAA is getting up in front of that. So they have a couple things. One, they're doing uh, surveys of their student-athletes to understand their attitudes about gambling and how much they're gambling to monitor that. They're putting in mandates for trainings for schools to do training in the schools with their student-athletes about gambling, gambling risk, and gambling addiction. And you're right. They're trying to uh, be as transparent about these uh, Connections now just recently some schools that had partnered with gambling operators have now reneged and backed out of those partnerships because they just looked yeah. really bad optically right. but what you're yeah. talking about is this concept of athlete well-being and you think about gambling and athletes it's not just preventing athletes from developing gambling addiction but it's protecting athletes from being harassed about gambling so We've unfortunately seen a tremendous rise in the number of athletes that have been harassed online or in real life all tied to gambling. You didn't make my point spread. You didn't get enough rebound. How dare you? I hate you. I'm coming after your family. Can you imagine just the, the sheer emotional pain that would be if you're a young person playing a sport and you're just getting constant barrage by the online world about how terrible you are because you didn't. Uh, you know, make the spread. That's that's really concerning for athletes. And the third biggest thing, of course, is competition integrity. You're a sports uh, radio network. We love sports in this country, but we have this firm belief that all the sports that we're watching are pure and not rigged. And if it turned out if we were fixed or altered in any way, that that would really cut to the core of what we believe in. So. I think that's really the third area where gambling is really drawn in a lot of questions. How do we protect the integrity of sports so that what we're watching is really just a competition at its best and not entertainment? We, you know, look, professional wrestling yeah. is Go scripted, and, and professional wrestling is scripted, right? And a couple of months ago, yeah. there was talk about betting on professional wrestling. Well, that went away <laughs> right. because people were like, no, 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 that's not a sport. It's not. Fewer competition that's unknown, so that's really the third lane. So preventing athletes from developing addiction to gambling, keeping them safe from the harassment of people who are way too uh, uh, involved in gambling, and then making sure that the games that we watch are are honest and um, and, and fair.
1: Doc, thank you. We're going to do another installment down the road. I'll be in touch very, very, very soon because I want to focus in, society uh, focuses in on the monetary losses, but people lose families, people lose friends, jobs, homes. They lose themselves. Dr. Timothy Fong, you're the best, Doc. We'll talk again soon. Thanks for coming on.
4: Thanks for having me.
1: You got it. Dr. Timothy Fong, UCLA. It's part one in an installment of uh, Problem Gambling, Podcasts and interviews as uh, we will delve headlong into it and it's right you know student athletes you know 18 year old kid misses a layup and they just go back to his dorm and face all the guys that lost money on that that's the real world colliding with uh, the fantasy land of uh, sports gambling we're coming back here Dom's Download brought to you by Vanguard Utility Partners Randy Byrne he sits on the board of Iowa One Call we're coming back on Sports Overnight America Here's
3: a message just for the attorneys out there So you passed the bar, joined a firm, or even built your own. Now, are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice? Lexicon can help. Lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping, billing, and more. So you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction. Call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go to learn more.
0: Staples has everything you need to help run your small
5: business. Shipping supplies and services to help move orders out the door. Print marketing services so you can print signs, banners, and presentations fast. And now, during Staples Small Business Deal Days, you save 50% when you buy any combination of five or more boxes, mailers, and shipping tubes. Plus, find new deals for small business in-store every week. Keep your business running right and safe at Staples. Offer valid in-store online order pickup and Instacart. Exclusions apply. Not valid in Concord, New Hampshire location. Prices may vary. N71.
1: I want to thank uh, Dave Geyer at the Nebraska uh, Council on Problem Gambling. He has been very instrumental in the conversations I've had with him and uh, enlightened me on Dr. Timothy Fong. So thank you, uh, Dave Geyer and Katrina B. Uh, with the Department of Health and Human Services in the state of Iowa. 1-800-BETS-OFF, uh, 1-800-BETS-OFF. Katrina B., Katie B want to thank those people. They've been instrumental in motivating us to uh, reach out and get some public service and some interviews and podcasts in order. And uh, we have uh, hitched our wagon to the, the University of California, Los Angeles here on the national and international platform with Dr. Timothy Fong. So we've really got some good, good weapons in our holster. And again, this isn't to take anything away from those companies. They have every right to do business and people who, are enjoying it and use it for entertainment purposes. They can do it constructively and safeguarding themselves and their families and use it as a form of entertainment. God bless them. Nothing wrong with it. Unfortunately, there are many, uh, myself included, who just go across the threshold and uh, to the point of I won't say no return. But there is a, a statistic out there, and it's a sad one, when it comes to problem gambling and compulsive gambling, and that is there is more suicide among compulsive gambling than there is drug addiction, alcohol, and all the other addictions combined. And you can't smell com- problem gambling or compulsive gambling things on someone's breath. You cannot be pulled over for driving under the influence of gambling, although you could because you could leave a casino or you could leave a racetrack or a sporting event having lost an ungodly amount of money and drive with road rage and maybe kill somebody. But you get my drift. You know, someone who drives under the influence of drugs or alcohol, there's a test that they can conduct to identify it. You can't do that with gambling. There's no real test. There's not a field sobriety test. Touch your nose, touch your toe, do the alphabet forward, backwards, you know, name the start starting lineup of the 1979 Cincinnati Reds. I'm not making light of it, but you get my drift. So anyways, uh, we will continue the series headlong into football season. It'll be a big part two of myself and Charlie Gibbons on our Saturday night college football and pro football show, which will be named, college and pro football. Fifth quarter takeover. We're going to take over the airwaves on Saturday night with college football it scores, interviews, and the highlights and preview NFL Sundays right here on Sports Overnight America and uh, the sports weekends here across the country and around the world on Sports Byline Broadcast, which means the American American Forces Radio Network, iHeart, and a few other outposts as well. Let's get them in here. Brought to you by Vanguard Utility Partners and Randy Byrne, our good friend who has helped us immensely. Also sits on the board of Iowa One Call Dial 811. Let's get them in here. Dom, how are you today? There is a lot on the menu, and let's get started. What's going on with the Bay Area? Oakland A's. Drug test, I shouldn't say that, but seven in a row going for eight tonight. Giants complete a sweep of the Cardinals. Baseball, a little bit, uh, getting a little bit of play there in the Bay Area. How about it. Go ahead.
5: Yeah, it's just the ebbs and flows of a season. Uh, The A's had a great game. Uh, Tuesday night was their reverse boycott game for the fans. I think almost 28,000 people were there. Uh, Our friend uh, to the network, Stu, uh, was one of the very instrumental people in getting that off the ground. They did a great job. Maybe could do without the trash throwing at the end, but all in all, they reminded the national media that no, there is a fan base who cares. It's just mm-hmm. the ownership doesn't care about us and not going to the games is our kind of middle finger to him. So I, I, I love what they did. It was awesome. Uh I don't think anybody had them winning seven games in a row and then, going for a potential sweep against the Rays. But, you know, here here we are, uh, shades of maybe Moneyball 2.0, or as uh, Darren Peck was telling me, if, if the A's actually do get hot and can sneak into the playoffs somehow, this is basically the script to Major League with an owner that just wants to move them, desperately puts out a terrible product on the field, but the players come through and are competitive, so we'll have to see how the A's do over the course of the rest of the season. And then the Giants... Nice game in St. Louis. St. Louis, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, disappointment in baseball this year, and uh, they're they're toiling a little over 500. We'll see if uh, they have a losing streak that comes up to bring them back down closer to 500. But they're willing to this year call up their young guys and give them some run. We've seen Casey Schmidt started off blazing. He settled in, cooled off a lot, but he's he's a solid defender. He's been okay with the bat. Patrick Bailey's done a decent job with the staff and with the bat, and now today his first at-bat, uh, first career at-bat, first hit for Luis Matos, the outfielder. So the Giants are, uh, they they've, they need some pitching. They have three healthy starters. That part of it is is not pretty, but if they can hit and they can uh, beat the teams that way, that'll help get them into the playoffs, but they definitely will prevent them from succeeding in the playoffs. But right now, uh, it, both teams on winning streaks, it's just uh, something to enjoy for now.
1: And, Dom, you mentioned, you know, the the uh, St. Louis Cardinals being just an eyebrow-arching disappointment, and I, l- I lump two other teams, maybe even three other teams, but I'll go with San Diego, which you identified weeks ago. They've been a head-scratcher, and the New York Mets are a head-scratcher. I mean, these three teams, and then in the positive way, I want to get to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Everyone thinks the Mets catcher is going to be the rookie of the year. Has anybody looked up the numbers of Corbin Carroll? This kid this, uh, who's got a, a white dad and a Taiwanese mom, a kid from UCLA. I don't think he ever went there. Uh, he ended up, uh, I think, right to the minor leagues, but uh, I digress. Let's start with the surprises. Cardinals have been horrible. The Padres are a head-scratcher. And Steve Cohen's money camp, I love in New York City.
5: The Mets invested heavily in old guys, and those old guys – have played like old guys so far this year, so th- I think that's been their biggest problem. And now Pete Alonso is a little banged up; that doesn't help. The Padres—they're toiling at 500. Kind of, you're kind of just waiting for them to turn it around. Their pitching, which I highlighted very early in the se- be- in our like preseason preview, I, mm-hmm. th- their pitching's nothing special. The Fernando Tatis has been great since he got back from suspension, but they have a lot of guys who uh, are not performing to the level that you'd expect. And then conversely, you have the Cardinals, and I'll I'll still maintain they're the biggest disappointment. They're 15 games under 500. They have it's crazy. they are the second worst team in the National League. You look at the National League, the Nationals, the, the Rockies, what going into the season, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and here the Cardinals are with the second worst record, uh, only a game and a half ahead of the Nationals. So it's not pretty, and if you want to, if I want to say San Diego doesn't have pitching, the Cardinals really don't have pitching. They've got their uh, highly-tied prospect, Matthew Liberatore. He's been all right. Steven mm-hmm. Matz hasn't been very good. Jordan Montgomery's been fine. Miles Michaelis has been good or bad, nothing in between. Adam Wainwright's like 100 years old. And the bullpen <laughs> is a hot mess. Their closer, Helsley, He's on the injured list. Gallegos is bad. Jordan Hicks has been all right. All in all, the pitching is just so bad. And then guys like Arenado not necessarily having Arenado seasons. Uh, The Cardinals are a hot mess, and I'm honestly surprised their manager, uh, Marmol, is still employed.
1: I agree with that, and uh, we'll get to Arizona in a moment. The other head scratcher is, you know – I mean, in a weird way, that central division in the National League, American League too, but I mean, Devin Williams uh, blew the save last night. That was a wild finish with Korea uh, hitting the home run for the Twins. But you got Pittsburgh by a game and a half over Milwaukee uh, in the National League. It's a here you take it, I don't want it scenario. What do you think of Milwaukee? What do you think of that central division? And Cincinnati's been up and down. The Cubs are up and down. It's kind of like. We may see top, except for the Cardinals, we may see a top-to-bottom race in that division. What do you think?
5: I don't think Chicago's got enough to stay in the race. They're, again, they're only five and a half out, but they're also eight games under 500. so I'm going to eliminate Chicago, too. I'm also going to eliminate Cincinnati, although they've kind of turned the keys to some of their younger players. We've seen McLean do well. We've seen uh, Ellie De La Cruz get called up in his first week. He's got a couple really monstrous, powerful hit balls. They've got um, Encarnacion Strand or something like that in the minors that he's just Mm -hmm. waiting to get called up to. Spencer Steer's been awesome for them. Jonathan India, because he plays for the Reds, nobody's talking about him. Jonathan India having an amazing season. Their pitching leaves a lot to be desired. Milwaukee, their strength is their pitching, and with Brandon Woodruff down, that's a huge miss uh, Corbin Burns hasn't been the Corbin Burns of the last few years, the Cy Young winner. Freddie Peralta, yep. fine, passable, not amazing, not awful. Uh, and they're relying on uh, some older guys in the lineup, and their younger guys are unknown guys, the kind of guys like uh Weimer, the outfielder. So while they can get hot, how well they sustain it, it, it you don't know because they are young players. So Milwaukee's got a nice blend of guys. It's just I, I don't know if this is the same Milwaukee team we've seen the last few years. So I will agree with you between uh, Milwaukee and Pittsburgh, maybe Cincinnati, the NL Central is definitely a toss-up.
1: And Devin Williams, until last night, was the best closer in the game. I mean, he had his ERA increased, based on last night, five-fold. Five fold. It went from 0.43 to the low twos, I'm told. Or maybe the the middle ones. I don't know. But, anyways, I digress. Arizona. You heard what I said about Corbin Carroll. Is this team legit? The Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm starting to follow them. Give me a quick hit on the D backs.
5: They're definitely legit. They've got two very quality starters with Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly how they hold up the rest of the year we're going to you're going to have to see to find out and if they can keep up their performance that they have through the first uh we'll call it third of the season oh no we're almost halfway through the season holy cow okay uh Corbin yeah. Carroll has yeah. been absolutely phenomenal absolutely hands down no no other way to describe it he's been phenomenal um he was a a highly rated prospect the car uh, obviously yeah. the Diamondbacks number one guy but but it, he he didn't have the same kind of national buzz. I don't know if that's because he plays for Arizona or or what. But he's he didn't. Pro- he's proving that he is one of the most exciting young players in the game. Gabriel Moreno, the catcher, he's been good. <laughs> Gurriel has been very good. Their bullpen, kind of a committee in the back end with Chafin, McCoe and. Uh, Oh, the other guy. I'm forgetting his name. I'm. So, oh, that poor guy. Don't look oh, at me. Castro. I just. Castro. I'm. Just... Miguel Castro. Okay. There we go. Yeah. I got it. Um, the three of them have been together. Been extremely good. You don't know who's gonna get the closing opportunity, but they both. They've all three of them have been very good. So Arizona is a nicely balanced team, and uh, I I'm a little surprised they're doing this well, but I'm not surprised that they're doing well in general.
1: Uh, Corbin Carroll's the, uh, he's a National League Rookie of the Year if the, if the season were to end today. And that's a stupid argument. Uh, by the way, he is the fastest guy in baseball on the base path. There's nobody, f- I read this today. He goes 30 feet in a second. There's nobody quicker. There is nobody quicker. I don't have his stats in front of me. Has it, tra- you know, does speed in the bases with him uh, transposed into stolen bases? I don't know. But he's got 14 dingers and he's, he's getting the hell out of the steals. baseball. Okay, so there you go. He's one of the best players in the game right now. Would you agree with that, or is that crazy?
5: Undoubtedly. I'm a big fantasy player, and I've got Corbin Carroll in one of my leagues. He's the second-ranked player behind Mm. Ronald Acuna. That's that's unheard of from a rookie. It's fantastic.
1: It is crazy. It is great stuff. All right, DeAndre Hopkins. I did the math, and I did the study. We only got a minute left, but 853 catches, uh, 11,300 yards, uh, 71 touchdowns. Patriots are liking those numbers. Are they going to get him? Where's he going to end up real quick?
5: DeAndre. I think he goes to a team with a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to go to New England unless they're the only ones willing to pay him what he wants to get paid. I think he goes to a Buffalo or a Kansas City uh, after toiling in Houston and Arizona. I think Hopkins may want a title.
1: Well, the thing that I find curious too is why the Patriots want to take him and put – this kind of money into a 31-year-old guy, soon to be 32, I believe, and uh, some injuries, you know, and and, and, and what is it uh, with running backs? Jonathan Taylor now is piping up. Shaquan Barkley's saying we're not going to get paid. We'll save that for the next time, and that'll be tomorrow with Dom's Download. Brought to you by Vanguard Utility Partners. Where Randy Byrne sits on the board of Iowa One Call as well. I'm Marty Terrell. We'll come back. We'll see what's streaming and what we're screaming about in the world of sports. It won't be basketball and hockey. The curtain has fallen on those two seasons on Sports Byline. Sports Overnight America. All right, down the home stretch. Let's check. The, uh, you know, we have an afternoon scoreboard from uh, uh, Wednesday into Thursday. Uh, and I always like that. Braves and Tigers were playing two. Braves took the first one 10 7. We told you about the Giants, 8 5 over the Cardinals, complete the sweep. The Twins beat the Brewers 4 2. Um, and then tonight, uh, listen, I'm going to dip into Dodgers, White Sox, late. I'm gonna look into Cleveland and San Diego because the Padres are a head scratcher. Michael Walker, though, has been decent for the Padres. He's six and two. And he goes. And all these games, we'll review them with scores, interviews, and highlights. I think Jeff and Jen probably on the overnight from Arizona. Phillies Diamondbacks will be a decent game with Suarez and Kelly going. Kelly, I mean Merrill Kelly eight and three with a sub-three ERA. And don't forget, during the Remember during the WBC, the World Baseball Classic? What are they doing? Pitching Merrill Kelly. Merrill Kelly's been really, really good. Um, And then you had the Pirates and Cubs tonight, and then the Rockies and Red Sox. New England and the Northeast is getting hit with thunderstorms, so we might see some not only protracted delays in baseball tonight and into the uh, late night, and we may be looking at uh, a couple of washouts if the rain holds the way it's supposed to in the Northeast. Uh, Look. It's golf this weekend. It is the U.S. Open. You'll wake up in the morning. You're listening to the show in the overnight. You're hours away from tees and balls going in the air in Los Angeles, right outside the gates of UCLA and Westwood, Wilshire Boulevard, Los Angeles Country Club, first time ever, Kepka, McElroy, Scotty Scheffler, Patrick uh, Patrick Reed, uh, DeChambeau might be teeing it high and letting it fly. And then Cantalay's been good on that course. So has Colin Morikawa. As we head towards uh, the third major of the year, it's Father's Day weekend. So we got a lot to get to. We've still got Thursday into a Friday and Friday into the weekend edition here. Thanks to uh, Dr. Timothy Fong from UCLA on gambling. Thanks to uh, Dominic Jimenez with his download. Thanks to Randy Byrne and the folks at Vanguard Utility Partners. I will one call six two and even adios here on Sports Pilot.